Mark chapter 10 is the main text. I'm preaching a very brief message today, and I'm dedicating all to our young people, all our learners. It's dedicated to them. Mark chapter 10, reading from verse 46, it's quite a long passage, all the way down to verse 52. I'm reading the New King James Version. Your Bible might read differently, but uh, the core of the story is the same. And I'm reading verse 46. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they, they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to Jesus, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. May the Lord bless the reading of the word. Amen. Amen. A very compelling story. And you know, the reason I love parables and stories in the Bible is that every one of us can see ourselves in the story. Wherever we are in our journey of life, something about that story will somehow touch on something that we're going through. We're told in the text that Jesus came to Jericho with his disciples. And it's quite interesting, you know, the Bible says that there was a large crowd that was around him. But when we read in the story, it's not where what Jesus was doing in Jericho, where we're picking up the story is where Jesus was living. And there was this blind man who was sitting by the side of the road. Bible says he was begging. So not only was this man blind, he was also poverty-stricken. He was really trying to make a living for himself. It's really interesting to note that Jesus was living. Jesus wasn't coming to this man. The Bible doesn't tell us if Jesus was aware of him. We really don't know. Nor does the Bible tell us much about this man, Bartimaeus. It doesn't tell us his age. We don't know if he had been blind from birth. We really don't know so much about him. All we know is that he's the, he was the son of Timaeus. He is blind and he is sitting by the side of the road. But then as Jesus is leaving the city, because this man is blind, he starts inquiring to those who are around him to find out what's the commotion about. I'm sure he heard people talking. He heard that there was a crowd somewhere around and he was very curious to know what was going on. And so they tell him, no, it's Jesus, he's passing by. This man, I believe, it's very possible. Say if he was blind, let's assume he was blind from birth. It's very possible that this man had truly had a dream in his heart. I mean, in these days, they couldn't really help blind people and assist them like we can assist them today. If you are blind, there's so many things that you just couldn't do. 
We do know that he had a special garment that he wore to show that he's blind. In the same way today, blind people would carry a stick and we would know that they are blind. But what this man heard, that Jesus is in the horizon, probably stirred his heart. It's very possible. He had heard about this Jesus who is a miracle worker. He had heard about this Jesus who changes people's lives because that is the nature of God. God changes people's lives. Can I hear an amen in the house? God is the one who touches our lives and he changes our lives. And this man, I'm sure he probably had been thinking and, and wishing that one day something, some miracle could happen to him and he would receive his sight. And so he starts shouting out and screaming out and, and asking for help. Remember now, Jesus is not coming his way. Jesus is leaving the place. And the Bible tells us, as he started shouting, the people who are around him started rebuking him. They started reprimanding him. The Bible doesn't tell us what they said. We do know they told him not to bother Jesus. But you don't mind me being creative, do you? Hey? Okay, so you can, you can put it in your Bible, but it's not the official version of what the Bible says. Very possible they said to him, what, 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 who do you think you are? Who do you think you are for Jesus to stop what he's doing and to come to you? Some of them told him if, if it was God's will for Jesus to heal you, he would be coming to you. We don't know what they said. But you know, this man has this dream in his heart. And he feels that in spite of what people are saying, he's not going to stop what he wants in his life. And the Bible tells us that this man, instead of being quiet, he starts screaming out even more so. He's shouting and everybody around him is telling him not to do this. Thankfully, he got the attention of Jesus. Because you see, when we come to God with a believing heart, no matter what obstacles we are facing, God will listen to us. He says in his word, call unto me and I will answer you. Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. This man starts shouting out to Jesus and the Bible says Jesus stopped and commanded that the man should be brought to him. Now note what this man does. I love what he does. The minute he heard that Jesus was calling him, he throws aside his garment. I wonder if you noticed that when you read that verse. This man in his heart, he's already seeing his life being touched by God. See, you had to have that garment to show that you are blind. But this man takes a prophetic step to say that I know when I go to Jesus, something about Jesus is going to change my life. He throws aside his garment, very interesting, and then he rises and he comes to Jesus. Now, Jesus knew the man is blind. Jesus is aware the man is blind, but in verse 51, when this man comes to Jesus, the minute he stands before Jesus, Jesus asks him a question. I find that strange. I mean, the man asks for help. It's obvious the brother is blind. Do you still have to be asking any more questions? But Jesus still asks the question. See, very often people don't understand how God works. We often think that because God is aware of my condition, he will somehow 
uh, drop out of the sky and help me. But God has set a principle in motion whereby you and I need to push for our dream. You and I, we need to go after what we are longing for, what we are wishing for, and we need to have the courage to go after our dream. So in spite of Jesus being aware of the condition of this man, he says in verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? Now, now note that. Jesus said, what do you want me? Somebody say me. me. Say it again. Me. Say it again. Me. I'm not saying me, you, or me, me. We're just repeating what Jesus says. Can you say it again? What do you want me? Somebody say me. me. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And the man said to him, that I might receive my sight. He's specific, straight to the point. Then Jesus says to him, go your way. Read the next statement. Who? Your what? Oh, I thought, I thought the man said, you heal me. Oh, you didn't get that, did you? I thought the man said that you may heal me. But when he gets healed, Jesus doesn't credit the healing no, you're not hearing what I'm saying. He doesn't credit the healing to himself. He says it is whose faith? It is whose faith? Your faith. In other words, even if God has all the power, even if God has all the ability, even if God is willing to touch your life, it is it is what? It is your faith. And this is why I believe the Bible shows us that we all need to have the courage to go after our dreams. There are so many people who are sitting on the other side of life hoping that their life will change. It's quite amazing that even when Jesus met people who are in the worst of conditions, he never just offered assistance without some effort on their side. And the effort wasn't really to try and heal themselves. All God wants is for you and I to have the initiative to have a dream and to go after it. What do we learn from Bartimaeus? Number one, we learn first of all that whatever dream you have, there will be obstacles in front of that dream. When he went out after his dream, the people around him, they stopped him from calling Jesus. You know, often I thought when I was younger, that, you know, if you want to do things right and if you want to go after your dream, everybody will celebrate around you. And I discovered very soon that it is not so. There are those who will create all kinds of obstacles. Obstacles that we face sometimes could be obstacles of a difficult and challenging background. In the case of our young people, I, I, we know the reason we have this category of awards is because these young people, many of them come from challenging backgrounds. We are very specific about going to the, what we call previously disadvantaged areas. And so your challenge, your challenge, my challenge could be the background I come from. Probably I didn't come from a supportive home. Probably I came from a dysfunctional home. Probably I came from a very, very poor background. You know, probably I just never had the opportunities that other had, others had. You know, already in life when I started, I was already 10 steps behind everybody. That could be the difficulty that you're facing. But whatever difficulty you are facing, it should never stop you from having a dream about your life. Yeah. It may take long to get there, but you will get there sometimes. 
But sometimes we also have the, 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 the obstacle of apathy. This is the mindset that resists change. It's a mindset that wants to, to be tied to the status quo. Everybody around didn't want this man's condition to change. They wanted him to make peace with his condition. They wanted him to accept where he was and what he was going through. In his heart, he had a different kind of vision. In his mind, he saw something that was different. I'm sure in his prayers, when he prayed, he must have prayed different prayers. But you see, sometimes apathy can come our way. Sometimes people think that expectation costs too much. And when things are at a dead end, and the problems that we are facing are huge, it's much easier for us to give up and expect that maybe something better will come in some other time, some other life, you know. Maybe one day when I wake up, the birds will be singing a different song. Yes, it is true that sometimes we may not be able to get our goals or achieve our vision in that same year. But don't ever live your life, your life to lack and coincidence. Too many people live their life to lack and coincidence and we even come up with a verse that is not there in the Bible. That is First Imaginations chapter 1, verse 2. It's interesting when we read the Bible with all the miracles that Jesus did and I challenge you to go and study it. Of all the people that Jesus healed, over 90% of the times, in fact, up to 98% of the times, the healing was not initiated by Jesus. Go and read it. I read it. You know, it, it, it really boggled my mind. You know, this Now, I do know, you know, God remembers us often. He's very good, you know, and so on. But, you know, when you read the Bible, you note 98% of people who got healed, it was, it was those people who took the initiative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. The woman with the issue of blood. She had been sick for 12 years. What happened? When she heard it was Jesus, even in her case, Jesus wasn't coming to her. Even in her case, she had lots of obstacles. There was a crowd around Jesus. She had to battle her way to get to the fulfillment of the promise. She had to fight her way through the crowd. You all know the story. You've heard it told so many times. The law at that time, the Jewish religious law of that time, or the ceremonial law of that time, didn't allow for a woman in her condition to be seen in public. They were allowed through the ceremonial law to stone her to death if they saw a woman in that condition in public. Think about all the obstacles. I, I, I figure it out that this woman thought, I am dying anyhow. It's just a matter of time. Why don't I try something? Huh? I am dying anyhow, but let me do something and forget the fact that people are going to create obstacles. Note, the Bible says she is sick, she's, she spent all her money, and she hasn't improved, she's even gotten worse. We all know, if someone is hemorrhaging like she was, probably she must have been very weak. And for her to push her way through a crowd, that must have meant this woman knew I have to battle obstacles and come against obstacles. Too many times we allow obstacles to stand before us. And you'll know many of you who are visionaries, many of you of course are visionaries. Whatever vision you have, you're going to experience obstacles. 
There'll be somebody who's going to tell you wapenga well. Simply meant one drink. Someone is going to tell you, you, no, you this, this will never happen. You'll never be able to achieve this. But I believe in this place we have men and women who are dreamers. See, it's easier for us to keep doing what we used to be doing to go back into our corner and accept failure and defeat. But the truth is this, brothers and sisters, God has a plan for your life. And that plan is full of hope. And God wants you and me to be men and women who dream, men and women of expectation. In Romans chapter 5, God promises that the hope that is placed in him is hope that will never bring disappointment. When you put your hope in God and you go after God with everything in you, God will never disappoint you. Can I hear an amen in the house? Lesson number two that we learned from Bartimaeus is that instead of allowing negative people to discourage you, reach out for your dream with greater intensity. Yeah. When they told him not to shout and call for Jesus, he just akupuli volu. He just shouted out even more. See, it's not always that you will be supported in your pursuit for your dream. And no wonder when the Bible writes about people who have had great visions like Nehemiah. When he was having a great vision to rebuild the broken wall of Jerusalem, there were two guys who were cynical about Nehemiah's efforts. Sanballat and Tobiah. And I must tell you, we still have a lot of Sanballat and Tobias today. Oh, the descendants of Sanballat and Tobiah. There are people who, they are not just positive with anything. Anything you try, their first comment is not a positive one. How many of you know those people? I hope you're not sitting next to you. I'm just teasing. <laughs> But Bartimaeus is teaching us that we should never have a sense of hopelessness. We shouldn't allow ourselves to be filled with negativity. We should be men and women of expectation. Why? Because a sense of negativity and hopelessness can kill your desire. It can kill your ability to expect anything. And this is why we owe it to ourselves sometimes. To locate ourselves in environments that will feed us with a spirit of expectation. Because the truth is, Bayasu, you know, we live in a world where there's all kinds of things happening. All kinds of negative things are happening. And I'm not saying we should live with a sense of denial. It's true that things that are happening in the world, there are so many problems. You know, you really don't have to expend any effort to hear negative news. And see negativity around. So which means we have to spend extra effort to keep ourselves positive. And I'm not talking about being positive just a, you know, just being positive just as a dream in general that doesn't have any substance. No, expecting something good to come from God. Yeah, expecting God to help me. Yes, God, I know things are hard, but I know all things are possible to those that believe. In the inner place of our soul, sometimes there's a war that rages against expectation. Sometimes when we try to go after our dream, there's a voice that tells us you don't have a chance. Either a voice that you heard from your uncle years ago, 
I remember in our family, we, we had an uncle like that. Jesus. <laughs> My uncle, very interesting man. Shame, he's passed on years ago. But my goodness, Uncle Murray, you know, he could never say anything positive. I'm telling you. If you came up at something nice, you know, you are so excited that you're looking nice, ne? he would tell you, your thing, what you're having is nice, but there's something nicer than this. <laughs> hey, my uncle. You know, he, he lived as a, he, he chose to live as, he couldn't live with other people. He lived all alone. And so because he lived all alone, his life wasn't really, then he would come to my home, you know, visit us at home. And then, you know, he would, he would, he would, you could see the man is hungry. So, you know, my mom was very generous. She, she would dish for him and we would all eat. And he would eat heartily. You could see when he's eating, he's, yes. <laughs> After that, he would say, why is you going to let spicy sauce as a teller? no sign around a spice. It's even difficult when you meet negativity as a child. And you know, we adults sometimes can be so cruel. Giving names to our children. Using some part of their anatomy to be their name. Yeah. It's even more challenging when people use your background to discriminate against you. Yeah. Oh, those things can, can scar our hearts, can scar us emotionally. I'm telling you, until you have this sense of helplessness and, and hopelessness. And so sometimes when you're trying to do something, here you are. Now you, you're a grown-up person. You're trying to do something. There's this voice, this silent voice that says, not you. Not you. Not you. However, God is showing us through blind Bartimaeus, you can still have a dream. Have the courage to go after a dream. And thirdly, we learn from Bartimaeus that when God presents you with an opportunity for your situation to change, have the courage to take the bold steps. When you read the chronology of the, the itinerating ministry of Jesus, he didn't come back to Jericho again. <laughs> so Bartimaeus had this one and only chance. Yeah. You know, people who study these things, they say all of us, we get one opportunity in our lifetime that will change the rest of our lives. All of us, all of us, all of us, all of us. But here's the problem. When opportunity presents itself to you and you're not ready for it, you won't see it. See, people who live with expectation, who have a vision, who have a dream, your eyes are open for any thing that moves or lives or whatever. And so when opportunity comes, somehow you can see it. Think about Bartimaeus. Had he not taken advantage of this opportunity, his life would have never changed. 
And so, have a dream. Have a vision. Live with as somebody who's expecting, with expectancy. Don't move in life with a spirit of negativity. Move in life knowing that God loves you, God is on your side, and God wants to do great things for you. Look around for opportunity, and when opportunity comes, and you know it's an opportunity that comes from God, don't even think twice, just go for it in the name of Jesus. But Amaius, not only does he cry out, when Jesus calls him, he throws his cloak away. I'm saying, respond to God's promptings when God is trying to move you to another level. Leave behind negative voices and negative influences. Refuse to allow the voices of negative people to derail your efforts. Have the courage to go after your dreams because God says he has a plan for your life. God says he has a purpose for your life. God says he is thinking good thoughts about you, not bad thoughts about you. Jeremiah 29, 11, we've quoted it so many times. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. God wants to give you a future and a hope. But you see, even if God has all of this prepared for you and I, if we do not have the courage to go after our dream, opportunity will come and it will pass us by without us realizing. So, as I conclude, I want to challenge you today. As you live your life, look around at the workings of God. Look around at the opportunities that God gives you. I've always told you that story, Bazalana, of our building here. Every time I think about it, I shudder. I just wonder what could have happened. When we bought this site, we applied for it in 1996. And, you know, you have to go through all the processes of approval and it has to be checked by uh, the people, by uh, sewerage, uh, water, all, all the different departments. And our application went through all the departments. And, and all of them approved, the environment, everything. We had to make sure we know about the servitude that that site that's owned by, by uh, rainwater and go through all those processes. Everything was done. And there was just one signature that was still missing from one official in one department. Everybody had signed except this official. So we waited, 1996, 97, 98, the official lessons. And can you imagine, eh? Serious. Just a signature. 99, 2000. I remember one day I was, I was praying, and I sensed in my heart a prompting from the Spirit of God to say, listen, why don't you go talk to the officials and, and ask them to give you a letter that allows you to start construction because everything has been approved, you know. That, that final document will catch up with you. I mean, technically speaking, you... So, what do you do? <laughs> we arranged for a meeting. We went. 
And we said to the officials, we know technically everything's fine. Can you just give us a letter that says, in principle, you've allowed, you're just waiting for this, can, we can start with construction. And they agreed. Hey, I tell you, when God prompts you, don't, don't, don't. So we paid. Everything that needed to pay did everything we should do for the application of the site. You pay for this, you pay for that, everything. Started construction. Took us a whole year to construct this building. 2001, you know, in October, we got into this building. Oh, what a day. Jesus, I never forget the day. 26th of October, I believe it was. And so, a few months later, we, 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 we get all the documentation and the title did that the place is ours. The official finally signed. We don't know when. Six months thereafter, someone comes onto the site here and they're not really nice in the way they're talking. They're saying something with their mouth that I cannot repeat in church. And they're very angry. And I think they met Murti uh, uh, if I remember, and he brought them to me. And, and we couldn't tell what they were saying. They were so angry, so angry, so angry. So when I finally came, I wanted to know what's going on. Instead of answering, he just swore. Then he tells us, no, you've built on my site. So he said, we built on your site. Yeah. So he explains to us, I think, when we were negotiating for the site, I think there was a parallel process that was going on at the offices. We didn't know. Well, now we are innocent. We didn't know. He had given his site to government in exchange for this one. So we, we were not there. We don't know. So he said, these people, it means when they were talking to you, they were also talking to me. And then he was swearing and swearing. Carl, what's making? Let's stop the swearing. We own the site. He said, no, 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 I'm going to take legal action. Carl, yeah, whoa. Muruti uh, title deed. So I got a title deed. I'm going to be for you tonight. Here we are. You know, every time, Every time I think about that, I just can't believe. And to think that had we waited for one month longer. Yeah. Yeah. See, some of you, even when you know God's dealing with your life, even when you know God is prompting you to take a step for your life to change, for things to be transformed, you won't do it. Opportunity comes, opportunity passes. And God presents all of us with an opportunity. Can I have an amen in the house? As I wrap up, I want to give people an opportunity here today. You've come today, you've been invited, maybe you've come on your own, whatever the situation might be. It might not even be your first time. And you know, your life, when you look at your life, your life is really not pleasing before God. I'm not here to judge you. But we all know that it's only Jesus Christ who can change our lives and make us to be God's children. So wherever you are, as you sit it, I want to give you this opportunity this morning for you to say, you know what? I've been hearing that Jesus changes lives. I've been hearing that he transforms people's lives and puts their lives on a different path altogether. I haven't done anything about it. And this morning I want to do something about it.
I'd love to pray for you. Can you please all bow your heads and close your eyes? And we ask people not to move around except those who are participating in the service. Bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Right where you are seated, my brother, my sister, my mom, my father, young people, if you say, this morning, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ and have him come into my life and make me a different person. Change me. My life is not pleasing before God. But I want to admit that. And I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart and make me a child of God. Please pray for me. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If that is you and you need the prayer, would you raise your hand, please? Right where you are seated, just raise your hand up. Thank you so much for those hands. God bless you. Thank you for being courageous. You don't need to feel ashamed. You don't need to feel embarrassed. You don't need to feel awkward. This is what we do in the church. We give people an opportunity to receive Christ because we've done the same thing ourselves. We found out that our own efforts can never be able to help us to live in a way that is God-honoring. Only Jesus can change our lives. Thank you so much. Those of you who've raised your hands, I see even people in the dorm outside and some people in the foyer. Those of you in the youth hall, you also raise your hands. Those of you who are live streaming, wherever you are, you also can raise your hand right where you are. Thank you so much. May I ask all the people who raise their hands, I really wish to pray for you because this is such an important decision that you are making this morning. Would you kindly please stand on your feet right where you are? Can you just stand on your feet, please? You raise your hand. There's many of you. You don't need to be afraid. Just stand on your feet. Stand, stand all over the place. You can put your hands down, but just stand on your feet, please. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down, just stand. Give them a, a good hand of encouragement. That's what it's about. Hallelujah.